Well, good morning. For those of you who are new, my name is Bruce Ens, and I have the privilege of serving as lead pastor here at Forest Grove Community Church, and we're just really excited to be back together into the fall season. Let me just uh, begin in a word of prayer. So Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that we can gather. We thank you that we can open up your word and that we can worship you in freedom and in truth. And so, Lord, would you just awaken us to your presence today? Uh, help us uh, to see and to hear as you would have us through your Holy Spirit. So we commit ourselves to you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm not sure if it's just me. Uh, I hope it's not just me, but sometimes I have to confess. Um, I can be physically present in a room and actually not really be there mentally. Anybody else identify with that a little bit? I actually think it's a spiritual gift. I don't know why Paul didn't list it in the gifts that he has in Scripture, but it's not there. I've looked for it. And unfortunately, one of the favorite stories that my oldest daughter, Kelly, likes to tell uh, about me, uh, other than the one of when I tried to spank her at 15, um, which I've repented of many times, just so you know, um, but no, the story is is when we were in the house one day and she was talking to me and I can't for the life of me remember what she was talking about, but she was talking to me and apparently in the middle of the conversation, I walked into the garage to go do something or get something. And after being in there for a couple of minutes, I came back uh, into the kitchen and she was really mad. And I just said, Kelly, I'm I'm really sorry. Like, were you talking to me? And she goes, Dad, you and I are the only people in the house. So you see, this is why I'm not a counselor. This is why you should not come to me for counseling. I may leave in the middle of a sentence, and uh, that's apparently not good. But I think that we all have a desire to have people fully present in our lives, don't we? I mean, I think we have a desire, and especially at least when we're having a conversation, we want people to be there physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I mean, we want people to be present in our lives. It's it's part of how God has wired us. God has made us this way. And especially if we're going through difficult things in life or crisis in life, we want people to be present. We want people to be around us in one way or another because we are created for relationship. Even those of us who are introverts need that. We are created for relationship. And I think that we're actually damaged without it. It damages our soul. It hurts us inside when we don't have relationships and meaningful presence in each other's lives in one way or another. That's why even in the prison system, solitary confinement is such a harsh punishment for extended periods of time. Because it damages our soul when we don't interact with other people. And when we can't be in the presence of other people and, and be in community and to actually know others and to be known. That's why small group life in our church is such an important part of how we operate as a church, this context for discipleship, this context for community, this place to, to know people and to be known where we need to actually open ourselves up and be vulnerable and, and take some risks and engage with people in different ways. We need that. There's a power in presence that is meaningful. So this fall, we're embarking on a series called Faithful Presence. And first and foremost, and mainly what we're focusing on today is this truth and this reality that 
It is about God's presence, God's faithful presence in our lives and God's faithful presence in the world and in the world of uncertainty. But also, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are somebody who desires to know God and walk with God, then we are also called to reflect this truth and this reality to a waiting and a skeptical world. To actually be the presence of Jesus in the context that God places us all around us. Pastor and author David Fitch, he states it this way. He says, Faithful presence names the reality that God is present in the world and that He uses a people faithful to His presence to make Himself concrete and real amid the world's struggles and pain. And when the church is this faithful presence, God's kingdom becomes visible and the world is invited to join with God. Faithful presence is not only essential for our lives as Christians, it is how God has chosen to change the world. It's a powerful truth. So today I want you to primarily be reminded, to be encouraged, maybe to hear for the first time, but to know at the very core of your being that God is present, that God is faithfully present here with us, in your life, in the world. This is God Emmanuel, God with us that we worship, who dwells among His people. I've tried to make it a pattern of mine to pray a prayer often. I prayed it right at the start of the message here today where I invite in one way or another that God would awaken us to His presence. And I often pray that prayer because the reality is, is that God is here among us. God is here among His people. And, and oftentimes we might pray and we'll invite Jesus to come into this place. And that's a really good prayer and an appropriate prayer because really it's opening ourselves up and actually inviting more of Jesus. But the reality is, is that Jesus is here. That the Spirit of God is here. The Spirit of God is within us. And the Spirit of God is among us. And so the biggest part of the challenge for us is actually just to be awakened to that reality. To be aware of His presence. And so that we would often pray, God, wake us up. Help us to see You. To know more of what You're doing in the world and want to do in our lives. You know, fall, even as Chandra said at the beginning, fall is a unique time of year. And for many of us, we love this time of year. It's a great season. Uh, activities start again. The, the colors turn. All the things that happen at this time of year. We're involved again in the rhythms of busyness of school and sports and church and work and all kinds of things. And it's good. It's really good. But it also tends to overpack our schedules again. And sometimes something gets lost. And sometimes we, we are people who seem to roam frantically in a maze of disconnected souls. And we can miss God's work in our lives and we can miss God's work in the world around us and in the people's lives around us as well. So if you were to pray this week, if I could encourage you to pray one prayer this week, even every day, not so similar to what I just said before, but let me tweak it a little bit. It might be something like this. Dear Jesus, thank you that you are here, active and alive. Help me to see and experience your spirit at work today and give me the courage to join in. That'd be a great prayer for all of us to pray every day. Put it in your own words, however you express it, but just that you would just say, Jesus, you are here. Thank you that you are alive and real. Make yourself more real in my life and help me to see you and then give me the courage to join you in what you're doing. Henry Blackaby and many of you are impacted by that series and know that well, experiencing God, this whole idea that God is at work 
And just to see where God is at work and join Him there. And to be awakened to that reality. It's so true. You know, sometimes we think that we bring God to the party. Don't we? And in some ways it's true. If we have the Spirit of God within us, then as we enter into situations and places, it's very true that we we bring the Spirit of God with us. But as I was thinking about it this week, I thought it's it's sort of like, you know, we go to a party and we're bringing this great pie. And we've got this most amazing apple pie that you just love, and you're bringing it to the party, and, you, and, then, and then you walk into the kitchen and you see like 15 pies already on the counter. Right? And it changes things. How you see it. Or maybe another analogy to use is, is to think about it like it's bringing a flashlight. And our role is to take this flashlight and to just illuminate in the darkness. And that people might actually see the presence and treasures of God all around them that were there all along. And part of our role is to just illuminate that, to reflect Jesus in situations where there's darkness so that people can see maybe, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't notice that. Look at how God is at work here in ways that maybe haven't been seen before. Scripture is filled with reminders of God's presence and filled with reminders for us to be aware of God's presence, to seek God's presence, to just open our eyes to see, to understand. I think of Isaiah 40. Uh, where it says, do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the very foundations of the earth? God is real. God is alive. God is present. First Corinthians, Paul says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God dwells within you? You know, the truth and the implications of this are seen throughout all of Scripture. It's seen right from the very beginning of Genesis right to the very end of Revelation through eternity, through all time. Right there in the Garden of Eden, it was this truth of God walking in the Garden with Adam and Eve. God's very presence with them. It was a place of God's presence. It was a place of God's dwelling. When Abraham was called out to birth a nation, the nation of Israel, God's promise to him was that he would be with him. When Moses was called to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt and with this mass exodus that he led, the promise to Moses that God would be with him. And God would be with these people, and he was. He was with the people in this pillar of fire at night and a pillar of of cloud during the day. And he was there in the tabernacle, and he was present among the people. And when... uh, Moses, in fact, in Exodus chapter 33, it's so important to him, this presence of God, that he even says to God in verse 15, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. In other words, if if you're not going to be with us, God, don't send us anywhere. The presence of the living God was the very thing that marked the people of Israel, nothing else. These were a people, and the surrounding nations knew that. These were a people who had the presence of the Almighty God the Lord of heaven's armies who was with them each and every day. Through all the challenges and all the trials and all the struggles, the power and the presence of God was with these people. And that is what marked these people. And that is what marks the church. Do we see it? Do we experience it? Do we long for it? Do we cry out for it? Because it changes everything. You know, Moses, when he handed off the mantle of leadership to Joshua, and when Joshua was to now lead these people into the promised land, I love the words at the end of Deuteronomy at the beginning of Joshua where these words that are spoken to each other of 
God speaking it to Moses. Moses is speaking it to Joshua. Joshua is speaking it to the people. The people speaking it back to Joshua. It's, it's this chorus that is being crying out of people saying, you know what? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And over and over again, this chorus is echoed and echoed at the end of Deuteronomy, beginning of Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is present. God is present. What an incredible truth. I want to encourage you to turn to uh, Psalm 46, our primary focus of Scripture this morning in Psalm 46. This incredible text that speaks to this declaration of God's presence in the world. And you know, I can't help but think about this text as I've been reflecting and praying through this text throughout this week and the realities of, of Hurricane Irma going through the Caribbean islands and the, the devastation that is happening there. What is happening right now that we don't even really know right in this very moment in Florida at this time with this hurricane. I think they would read this text differently or they would read it with new eyes and new meaning. As I think about the earthquake that happened in Mexico just this week, the largest earthquake in a century. Now read this text as we hear what God is saying. And it says, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts and the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how He brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. You know, as I said, reflecting on this last week and, and just praying for these folks and the devastation that people are facing right now in different parts of the world for different reasons, including the hurricanes that are ravaging that part of the world that we see on the news, I can only imagine the fear. And yet, you know, as bad as those storms, those real storms are that are raging right now, Psalm 46 is actually talking about something greater. Psalm 46 is, is actually talking about something greater than even the storms and the earthquakes that, that we see and hear about and that people are experiencing. It's actually talking about uncreation. It's talking about a, a turnaround, a, a, a different aspect of what happened in creation of, of actually bringing order to chaos and now it's talking about chaos coming from order. A dissolution of the world in many ways. And this is speaking of something unbelievably terrifying and awe-inspiring that we cannot imagine. Boundaries of the land and sea erased. The created order going back to chaos. And yet still in the midst of that God is saying do not fear. He's saying do not fear. I am sovereign. I am in control. The Lord of heaven's armies is here. 
God is among us. God is active and involved and in control. Even storms, even when storms like Irma are raging in certain regions or even when storms of other kinds are raging within your own life or within your own family, within your own soul for one reason or another. This is a psalm of radical trust in the face of overwhelming threats. And it is so because of God's faithful presence. It says God is here. I love the river imagery that's there. It gives this placid, peaceful river imagery compared to the violence of the oceans. If you go back to Psalm 1, the river is this, this picture of nurture and a source of life. And the river brings joy to God and He dwells in that city. And it talks about the city of God, the city of Jerusalem where God dwells among His people. It also makes reference to this, the, the temple that is in that city. We see that clearly in Psalm 48. But God is our refuge and our strength. God dwells in that city. The Lord of heaven's army is here, is here among us. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. You know, I don't know what the storms are in your life. I don't know what is raging inside of you or in your family or in the different contexts. But I want you to just for a minute, I want you to think about that thing. Whatever that thing is in your life. What is the storm in your life of uncertainty? The thing that could cause great fear in your life? And I want you to think about that. Whatever feels chaotic right now, and I, I want you to just sort of put it in your mind and I want you to kind of name it identify it, and kind of hold it out there in front of yourself. Can you do that? Just take a moment to think of what is that thing? What is that storm? What is that raging chaos? Hold it out in front of you and name it. Maybe even in these moments just to close your eyes and to listen to these words of God again. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. What an amazing truth that we can hold on to that God is present faithfully among us regardless of the storms that rage. You know, God's ultimate expression of His presence is seen in the New Testament where we see Jesus breaking into the scene. Who is there? God the Father, Holy Spirit that was there from the beginning has been there through all eternity. But here, how God, Emmanuel, God with us, God comes in human flesh in real time into a real culture, into a real era, into real issues that we have to understand and, and understand the context as we make the, the adaptations and applications to our own lives. But Jesus comes. I mean, what an incredible expression of God's faithful presence. God with us. And then Jesus returns to the Father and He says, you know what, it's really important that I leave because I'm going to send you My Spirit which will be with you and in you. And so God's presence continues and now is infused in the church and the people of the church and the corporate body of the church and it's this incredible gift that God gives us of His presence over and over and over again. We see this throughout Scripture. And the call of the church is to be the presence of Christ 
by the power of the Holy Spirit in this world. In 2 Corinthians 6.16, I love this, this text. It says, For we are the temple of the living God, is what Paul is declaring. We are the temple of the living God. And as God said, I will live in them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Speaks to presence. We have the power of God's presence. We're called to live out of that presence for the sake of others. You know, I've always loved the text in 2 Corinthians 7. And if you just turn over to 2 Corinthians 7, verses 5 to 7, it's this beautiful picture of the presence of God embodied in a person. We don't know everything that was going on in, in Corinthians as Paul was writing to this church in Corinth, but we know that Corinth struggled with a lot of issues. And Paul's addressing them in this letter, and then he reflects on this. And he says in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 5, When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We face conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. I love that. Well, I don't love that, but I can relate to that. Right? We can relate to that. Battles on the outside and fear on the inside. And then it says this beautiful words, but God. But God who encourages those who are discouraged encourage us, how? By the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy. But so was the news that he brought of the encouragement he received from you when he told us about how much you longed to see me and how sorry you are for what happened and how loyal you are to me. I was filled with joy. Isn't that amazing truth? An incredible calling. Here is Titus. It says that his presence was a joy. God encouraged these people who were struggling with battles and struggling with fear and struggling with conflict. And into this comes Titus. And we don't know a lot about Titus, but... Titus had the Spirit of the living God living within him. And so Titus comes and it's like the presence of God was there. And they're encouraged. And they're strengthened. And they're blessed. And he says, what a joy this was. This is the call of the church. To be this presence of the living God. You know, this week, I was part of uh, both a funeral and a wedding this week. Both of which, I would say, had many people who would not acknowledge who God is, or be followers of Jesus. And for me, it was a privilege and an opportunity. And my prayer the whole time in both of those settings was, Lord, just help me to be a presence of Christ. Help me to be a tangible expression. Help me to just shine the light of You at work amongst these people, both in the grieving of a funeral and the celebration of a marriage. God, that You would just be so present here. And that's the call that each one of us has. As we as a church think about and talk about discipleship, one of the, the steps that we articulate and that we have identified and we say, you know, we, we need to have, a, have this be a part of us all the time is that we would experience and model the love of Jesus. That those two things would be expressed in us all the time. That we would first and foremost experience the presence of Jesus and the reality of Jesus and the love of Jesus so that we actually have something to offer other people. And that we would put ourselves in context and in places and in situations and make ourselves vulnerable and open and inviting the Spirit of God to do things, to say, God, show us where you want to meet us and give us the courage to step into that. And that we would experience the love of Jesus and then in, in doing that and in experiencing that, we have this capacity and this power to model it for other people. And actually be engaged in being the presence of God in the lives of other people as God calls us to. This is what I want you to know and to understand more than anything else here today. 
is that God is for you and God is with you. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Regardless of the storms that are on the outside or the storms that are on the inside of your life, that you would know this truth and that you would know and be still and know that He is God. Worship team, would you come up and would you stand with me as I conclude in prayer? So Lord Jesus, we thank You for these truths that You are Emmanuel, that You are God with us. And sometimes we think of You, Jesus, only as this little baby born in a manger. And I just thank You that You are the Lord of Heaven's army. That You can take creation and undo it. And Lord of Heaven's armies, we welcome You into this place. We welcome You into our lives. Make us more keenly aware of Your presence here. Make us more keenly aware of Your presence in the storms of our lives that we're facing, that our family's facing, or that we feel raging inside of us. God, may we just be still and know that You are God. So Lord, would You uniquely through Your Holy Spirit touch and encourage and give strength to each one here today. We worship You and we thank You for these truths. Give us the courage to join You where You are at work and where we see You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.